Episode 9, How to Create More Time for Your Dreams Without Feeling Selfish. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. If you love last week's episode where we talked about how to set powerful goals and intentions for 2018, then consider this episode a necessary companion piece for that, especially as you start taking courageous daily action to bring your vision to life. Hello and welcome back everybody to Life Amplified from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being here, no matter where you're listening at around the globe. And for me, that's just an amazing phrase to say and acknowledge that we have an international listenership to this podcast. Canada, India, you guys have been with me since day one. Thank you for the support. My friends in Korea, it is an honor and a privilege for me to serve you. And Australia, Austria, I see you. I feel you. And my commitment is that I'm going to give you the best I have every week here in 2018 and beyond, giving you the content that has helped me change my life and will hopefully inspire you to create your own life amplified. My only ask is that you help me share this message. Put this up on social media. Share it with a friend. Tell your friends about the podcast. Give us a follow here on the iHeart radio app or click subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and if you don't mind i would really love to get some ratings and reviews up on the apple podcast app that would really help me get into that new and noteworthy space so that we can continue to inspire as many people as we can my goal is 10 million people this year So your help in doing that would mean the world to me. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the big obstacle that you're going to have is you take your goals that we set last week and bring it to life. Ultimately, it's going to be time. And I want to read a message that I got in our private Facebook group, our Life Amplified Power Tribe, which if you haven't joined, go on to Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Life Amplified. I'm in there on a daily basis, just giving you some coaching and some morning inspiration to get your day started off on the right foot. But what's been amazing to see is the community and the interaction everybody is building, just really lifting each other up, supporting each other toward their goals. We had one of our listeners post a picture of her vision board she created, and people were just so beautiful in their support of it. We've got other people just sharing the wins that they're already building in their life based on the content that they're learning here in this podcast. So it's an awesome place to go where nobody's complaining about politics or about the threat of war or about the weather. It's just so much positivity, and I would love for you to join that community. But Ashley Jones left a message this week, and she says, I find if I only think of myself I progress through my goals much faster and feel great about my accomplishments. However, I neglect the people who were important to me and have positive influences toward my success. Basically, I feel selfish, which is not my goal. If I focus a majority of my time toward others, I find myself falling behind in the things that are important to me. Housework, diet, exercise, etc. Both situations, I can find myself lost and overwhelmed, even escalating to depression where I shut down completely from myself and others. Please coach us and help us find a healthy balance. And that is really the key word there, Ashley, is balance. Walking that razor's edge is what we're doing. 
knowing that it's only through giving to the world that we ultimately receive, but also recognizing that you can't give to others what you don't have. You can't pour from an empty cup. It's so important that you're taking time each day for self-care and to express your purpose. You know, taking those actions every day, they're going to help you create your impact in only the way that you can. Now, how do you do that, though? I talked to a brand new client earlier this week. He acknowledged the fact that he wakes up at 6 in the morning when his alarm goes off and his inbox is already full in his iPhone because his boss is up by 4.30, 5 a.m., sending out all the emails for everything he wants people to do in the office that day. But the problem with your inbox is, at the end of the day, all it is is a blueprint for other people's vision for your life. And I used to be that guy in my corporate career where I'd roll over and immediately dive into the iPhone and start stressing out about the meetings or the projects ahead, but I did that at my own expense. I did it without even setting intentions on how I wanted to feel that day or even rolling over to say good morning to my girlfriend at the time. So it's very dangerous, you know, in this age of being connected 24-7 that we can ultimately lose connection to ourselves. And that is my intention for this episode this week. I want to give you some practical strategies to manage your schedule. These are very easy to implement as long as you show up with the discipline. But the second intention I have, and this is more where you need a coach or a mentor to dig into this topic, is finding out why you believe it's selfish for you to put yourself first and give you some inspiration today to help you understand that nothing could be further from the truth. So let's dive in, shall we? I want to begin with talking about the consequences, the very real consequences that exist if you don't take back control of your life and your schedule. Number one, Ashley's already alluded to it. You perpetually put everyone else before yourself until the point that you feel stressed and overwhelmed. You know, think about this in a different way. If you went to a financial advisor and he told you to take all your money out of savings and just walk up and down the streets and hand out $100 bills to everybody that you see, but he told you, don't worry about replenishing the money, it's fine, what would happen? Ultimately, he'd lose his license because he'd be the world's worst financial advisor, but what would happen to you? You would go into debt. You might go bankrupt. But emotional debt is a real concept too. Just as you wouldn't get up and just hand out all your money to strangers without replenishing the savings account, why is it so easy for you to get up in the morning and just give your energy to everybody else around you? Overgive at work. Overgive to your family, to your kids, to your community. And not that these things aren't important, but you're not ever replenishing your own account. So eventually what happens is, is you're operating from a place of debt or emotional and spiritual bankruptcy at absolute worst. And you know that this is the case for you if there's that little part of you that feels resentful about what you're doing for other people. You know, we've talked about this concept before, but it is very important because eventually what happens is if you operate from a place of emotional bankruptcy for too long, you're going to start to blame other people for while you're stuck. And blame leaves you nothing. It takes away all your power to create the change you want, and it's going to strain all the relationships in your life. Your spouse, your kids, you think they're going to feel great if they think that you're blaming them for why you're not further ahead where you want to be in your life? So there is a toll to your emotional well-being, but there's a toll on the emotional well-being of the relationships that you have. The next one is, is you're constantly going to feel like you're busy and that you're working and that you're burning the candle at both ends, but you're never really going to be making any progress toward what you want. 
You've got all these big goals that you set for yourself last year, but if you're just getting into busy work and focusing only on the day-to-day of getting the housework done or cooking the meals or getting the laundry, getting the next work project done, you're never really making progress toward the things that light you up, and that can become deflating and demotivate you over time. Here's another big consequence that happens when you don't manage your schedule. You begin to live for the approval of everyone else in your life while also abandoning yourself. And the approval that you get from other people won't even feel good to you because you know that they're not loving you for who you are. They're loving you for who they want you to be. And think about that. If that is your level of giving that you're showing up with is just to get approval from other people, that's really the act of selfishness because your giving is no longer about you. It's about what you're going to get in terms of the adulation or the praise from other people. So big mindset shift I want you to keep in mind there. Eventually, if you're not managing your schedule and you're burning the candle at both ends, this is going to lead to stress and illness. You just kill your immune system and ultimately it just ends up in being lost time. You know, I think of the story of the old teen heartthrob David Cassidy, who was a huge star in the United States in the late 70s, and he passed away late last year, and his daughter said his final words on his deathbed were so much wasted time. You know, he was a guy that got caught up in a lot of addiction and, you know, really struggled. It took him off path from his purpose. And I don't want that to be you. At some point, the one commonality that all of us have listening to this podcast is we're going to die one day. And you don't want to die carrying a bunch of regret, knowing that there was some greatness within you that was never expressed. So how do we clear our calendar? How do we take back control of our schedule? How do we make more time for the things we love and do it in a way that doesn't feel selfish? Well, let's start, first of all, with your schedule. And I believe each and every person listening right now needs a written schedule. Now, you could do this in your iPhone calendar if you want. You could be like my producer, Matt, who carries that old school moleskin day planner. I think there's actually tremendous benefit to having a written schedule as well, guys. Just the same way we talked about the importance of written goals. If it's written down, it just becomes real. You know, I feel that there's just a different energy about your schedule when you take time to write things down. But here's what we want to do. Clear your schedule and you want to start just writing in time to achieve your priorities. And these are the priorities that you should be taking time for every day. Number one is sleep. And people look at me like I'm from a different planet when I suggest that they get eight hours sleep a night. You know, people act like that's just impossible. Dan, you don't understand. I have kids. I've got all these other things to do. I would tell you to at least get seven. But no matter where you're at with your sleep, here's an interesting statistic to consider. Whatever your current level of sleep, if you can get 50 minutes more each night, it will increase your cognitive ability by as much as 30% the next day. So even if you're a person who's only getting six hours of sleep and you think that that's fine, if you can get up to 650 in sleep, there's gonna be such an increased mental sharpness day to day, which would really help you excel at work, make quicker decisions. So just consider that, 50 minutes more of sleep. But I think you need to write in your sleep into your schedule. Otherwise, it's gonna be easy for you to stay up, binge watching Netflix, wasting time on Instagram and Facebook. Now, in order for you to get to bed early enough for you to achieve the sleep, here's another hack for you. No electronics, no cell phone, no tablet for at least two hours before bed. And you might have seen some of the research on this, but basically the technology that allows you to see your cell phone when it's daylight 
outside is that they have a blue light that simulates sunlight. That's how all your electronics work. The problem is, though, is that it tricks your brain at 11 p.m. into thinking it's still daylight and it's not time to go to bed. So every time I talk to somebody, it's like, oh, I just couldn't sleep last night. I had so much insomnia, so I just turned on Netflix and watched Stranger Things. That's actually the worst thing that you can do to help yourself fall asleep. So we want to schedule in seven to eight hours sleep, more if you can, every single night. Then... We want to schedule in some physical exercise each day. You got to get up. You got to get your endorphins going. You got to get your blood pumping. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to start out with high-intensity cardio every day or weights. Although, if that's your thing, awesome. I commend you for it. But this could be as much as just some stretching, some yoga, some jumping jacks. You know, 20 minutes of that time every morning really helps you connect to your physical body, which is a big key as you move forward and bring your purpose to life. We also want to connect you to your higher self. We want to connect you to that inner wisdom. And depending on your beliefs, this could be in a variety of different ways. For me, it's meditation. For some people, it might be prayer. Journaling is another great tool that you can use to start your day and just use that brain drain in the morning. You know, just sort of like clearing out all the mental gunk that's there so that you can approach the day with a clear mind. But 20 minutes of time for your higher self and then hopefully 20 minutes of some sort of creative time. You know, if you're a person with a vision to start a business this year, maybe you could do some research on that or write some marketing copy. If you're an artist, there's some time in there for you to doodle or paint or sketch. But we want that creative time in your life. And the routine that I usually tell people to start with every day is called 202020. I learned this from one of the first coaches I ever worked with. Shout out to Alex for teaching me about this. But it's 20 minutes of exercise, 20 minutes of prayer or meditation, and then 20 minutes of creative time. Now, for some of you out there who are juggling three or four kids, the idea of taking an hour for yourself in the morning might seem so intimidating that you're just not even going to commit to that. Look, it could be 15, 15, 15. It could be 10, 10, 10, if that's really the best that you could do. But it's more the intention behind this, that you're loving yourself, that you value yourself, and that you are really putting your needs first and your well-being first over the course of the day. You could even chunk this time down. You could listen to a motivational podcast as something sort of inspiring for creative time while you're exercising for 20 minutes and then follow it up with 15 minutes of meditation and you can get the routine down to 35 total minutes. But what's important here is that you're showing up for yourself. That's what we really want you to do. Now, once you've scheduled in this time every day for your exercise, for your higher self time, for your creative time, then we want you to start scheduling in the time that you're going to spend with the important people. It could be the time that you're going to spend with your kids in the evening, hopefully undistracted. This is another great thing about turning off the electronics for two hours before bed is it allows you to spend undistracted time with the people who matter most. Trust me, just... 30 minutes of completely focused time on your kids is going to matter more than two hours of sitting on the couch while they play and you're buried on your laptop returning work emails. So we really want to get intentional in making sure you're giving full engagement to the people around you. The same for your spouse or your significant other. You know, are you scheduling in that date night every week? Even if you've been married for 20 years, you still need to be dating. You still need to keep things interesting and have some variety. So we want to schedule that time. In. Then we want to schedule the work commitments. 
Of course we know that you got a 40 hour a week job and we want to schedule in what that looks like, but don't keep making it a 60 hour a week job. Set some boundaries with the schedule. Now what you're going to find is once you've done all this, once you schedule in your sleep, your 2020-20 for yourself, your time with family, with friends, then you're going to realize there's not a lot of time left in the schedule. And that's exactly the point. Because the next thing that we have to do is learn to say no to people. We have got to really be vigilant about how much energy we're giving to the people around us. I was recently rereading Gary Zukov's book, The Seat of the Soul, which was one of Oprah's first book club selections back in the day. And she wrote the foreword for the 25th anniversary edition of the book. And she talks about how she was a person that always had the disease to please. For her, she could never say no to anybody because she really wanted to be liked. And she talked about this getting so out of control that at one point she got on a plane, left Chicago, flew 13 hours to go to some speaking engagement that a friend of hers asked her to attend. She landed, she went and got on the stage, spoke for five minutes, and then immediately got back on the plane and flew another 14 hours back. And to this day, she doesn't even remember what the event was or what she spoke about. But she was terrified to tell people no. She worked with Gary Zukov and read the book The Seat of the Soul. She started to realize that every thought, behavior, action that we have, that there's an intention behind it. So by having this intention to be liked, what she was attracting in her life were more people who were going to ask her to say yes. She had to set a boundary. And she shares the story of the first time that she ever said no to a friend. It was actually Stevie Wonder. And he called her up and wanted her to donate like a million dollars to a charity that he was working with. And she told him, she goes, Stevie, she says, I love you. I support you, but this doesn't really work for me right now. I'm already investing a lot of money in these charities that I'm setting up. And she was terrified, by the way, that he was going to cuss her out or get an attitude about it and be hurt. And he just said, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Well, I love you and I'll talk to you soon. And he hung up and they're still friends to this day. So we got to get into the idea here of why it is so scary to say no. Why is there a little part of you that believes that your deepest desires aren't valid? They're not worth investing time in. And what I found now in coaching people across 11 countries going on three years is it's possible that you grew up in a home where you had to be, quote unquote, the responsible one. There are some of you listening to this podcast right now that had to be the parent to your parents. There are some of you listening today whose parents were just always overworked and constantly repeating that pattern. There are some of you listening to this podcast today whose parents just weren't around because they were busy at a soul-sucking job and you had to be the parent to your younger siblings. And it could be that you grew up in a home where when you did speak up for the things that you wanted, you had people around you that either guilt or shamed you for it. People would talk about why you were selfish or they would say things like, well, what about me? You know, they would make it all about themselves. And what I find with my clients who come to me feeling stuck is ultimately they learn to cave in as a child. They learn that if they gave in to the family, that they got praise, that they got love, it kept them safe. It kept them safe from rejection. It kept them safe in some cases from abuse or emotional annihilation. And then they carry that pattern with them into their adulthood for years. And even though that this is a pattern of putting everybody else's needs before your own and saying yes to everybody else that might have worked for you at a very young age as a child, you reach a point where it becomes poison moving forward. 
And you can see this manifest itself just in subtle ways. Are you the person who always lets your significant other choose what movie you go see? Are you the person when somebody asks you where you want to go for dinner that you're like, oh, you know, whatever's fine, wherever you want to go, even though there's part of you that really wants to go get sushi and not Italian food? If this resonates for you today, I would suggest to you that other people in your life are not going to value your time or your dreams or your ambition until you do. And that means that we've got to shift the way that we think about things. You've got to allow yourself to be taken care of on occasion. You've got to allow yourself to be able to receive. You've got to be able to raise your standards about the people that you're surrounding yourself with and only allow the people who bring energy and fun and joy into your life rather than suck away all of your energy. Which ultimately means, at the end of the day, what you've got to do is start using your voice. And this is not about being selfish. And I know that that's the belief that most people have. This is about taking care of the people that you care about, but it's also just adding in a little bit of you into the recipe. We're just putting in a pinch of you to spice things up. If 2018 is the year that you're serious about bringing your purpose to life, you have to build this certain purpose pyramid that I talk about. And if you just imagine uh, like a huge triangle in front of you, the purpose pyramid starts with the foundation, that biggest slab across the bottom. And that's connecting to yourself. That's taking this time for you every day. It means speaking up for your wants, your desires. It means making your self-care a priority. It means scheduling in non-negotiable time to bring your vision to life. The next layer up in really living your purpose on this pyramid is connecting to your higher power. And I know that that can be triggering language, but it could be whatever you want it to be. It could be God, the universe, Allah, Buddha. Even if you're an atheist, generally you just believe in life or maybe you believe in nature. So connect to nature if that's your thing. But this could be meditation. This could be taking a hike in the mountains. We want to get you connected to whatever you believe your higher power connection is. Then we connect to other people. And here is why it is not selfish to make other people third and just make that the final piece of the pyramid. If your level of giving every day just starts and stops with yourself, yes, you're a narcissist. But in giving to yourself, that's how you're going to have the energy every day to show up in a bigger way for the people around you. So you have to give to yourself so that you have the momentum to drive forward and give to others and really serve at the level to which you're intended. Most of us have this pyramid completely wrong. We start by giving to other people first, then we'll connect with our higher power, and then if there's anything left over, then we take care of ourselves. And there's other variations of this, as I've learned from my mentor. I mean, you have the people who are the codependents. Their entire pyramid is just other people, other people, other people. They just give themselves away to work, to family, to friends, to their community with no time to connect to themselves. And then you have the people who look at God or the universe or their higher power as being something outside of themselves. So they connect to higher power first and then other people and put themselves last. Now, I know that there is somebody out there with a religious belief who might take issue with this. And I just would ask that you track with me and hear me out. When I think of even some of the scripture in in the Bible or in wisdom traditions, there's lines about how God helps those 
who help themselves. There are many people who think that they deserve to have their life changed just because they're praying for it to their higher power, but they're not actually taking action on their end to make it so. And then they find themselves feeling unworthy. This is why, you know, so many people think that somehow their higher power has abandoned them or that they're unworthy of what they want. In reality, you have to take the courageous action you have to be in constant motion, creating the things you want and trusting that your higher power is going to meet you halfway. That's a big mindset shift. You know, I grew up in a home, and I've talked about this in the past, with a mom who was super fundamentalist Christian. What was fascinating is she was a very unhealthy woman. She was severely overweight. She had high blood pressure, like dangerously high blood pressure, and her cholesterol was in the 300s. And the doctors gave her a variety of medications, and they told her that she needed to take her health seriously. And my mom would refuse to take the medication because she said it was the Lord's will whether she lived or not. And she outsourced all of her power to what she believed God to be and never taking action on her own. And I don't think that that's the way the universe works. I think the universe wants us to see courageous action toward our purpose. And then as we step forward in faith, new doors open up, new opportunities present themselves. So that is uh, the one asterisk that I want to put there on this conversation of higher power coming after yourself in the pyramid. The one other variation on this are the people who are the uh, narcissists and sociopaths. And they're the persons who their entire world is just self, self, self. And I don't believe if you're even listening to this podcast, you're that kind of person. So I hope that this conversation helps you release yourself from judgment. Let go of all that old programming that says everybody else matters more than you so that you can step forward into your purpose. And if it's an area that you're struggling with, this is where you need the coaching or the mentorship from somebody else in your life. Creating a schedule and creating a spreadsheet where you're putting in your priorities with your sleep, your creative time, you can do that on your own. You don't need me or any other coach for that. But if you want to overcome those hidden blocks that are underneath the surface that have you feeling guilty for doing this, it's where mentorship matters. I talked to a gentleman earlier this week, amazing man, super smart, very creative, and his heart came through in every discussion. But as he described his life to me, what he was saying is his everyday felt like Groundhog Day. He's just getting up, going through the motions at work, that he has so many responsibilities at home just to take care of the house that it's hard for him to really focus on being the visionary that he wants to be. He's got a notebook scribbled down with all sorts of great business ideas he wants to bring to life, but he's not really able to do it because he gets so hung up in taking care of everybody else. And what was fascinating is as we talk more, there was a conflict with his father and the way he was raised. His father was one of those guys who lived the old version of the American dream, which just put his nose to the grindstone and got up and worked 50 hours a week at a job for the same company day in and day out and never wanted to take credit. He believed he had to be a background guy just supporting the bosses for the higher vision. So every time this client I spoke to wanted to step forward into his power and create a legacy for his life, his father would, I wouldn't say berate him for it, but would always question it. Be like, well, why would you want to do that? You know, why do you have such a big ego? Why can't you just be in the background and work hard and get work done? 
So there is that internal conflict of wanting to please the family, but this is also how we continue family patterns over generations and generations, where people just continue to work and work and work at jobs they hate, but never really take the time to tap into their fullest potential. So if this is an area where you're struggling with, I would be honored to help you through it, or I can recommend a variety of other coaches. You've heard some of them here on this program, as a matter of fact. Finding the right mentor to help you understand those hidden blocks is what's going to help you have the success that you want in 2018. So to recap, we want to take control of our schedule. Everything goes in writing. Sleep goes in writing. Your work commitments go in writing. We're scheduling non-negotiable time every day for you. That includes exercise. It includes some sort of meditative spiritual time to connect to your higher self. It includes creative time. It includes quality time with the people that matter most to you. Make sure you're scheduling in those date nights. Make sure that you have that undivided full attention time with your children. A great way to execute that and to make sure you're getting to bed on time, keep the electronics shut off two hours before bed. In fact, don't even plug your phone in in the bedroom. Just set it over in the bathroom, someplace when the alarm goes off where you have to get out of bed to go reach for it so you're not a person who hits the snooze button five times in a row. And then from there, we want you to be able to set boundaries and speak up for your needs, knowing that they matter, knowing that your vision and your purpose is going to elevate other people. It's actually selfish for you not to fully give your gifts to the world and bring your vision to life. And if you're struggling in setting those boundaries, find a coach or mentor who will help you out. I hope this message serves you today. I hope that this is that missing piece that's going to help you get through the speed bumps and the potholes that you encounter on the road to bringing your vision to life in 2018. And if you want some additional support on that, you can always join the Facebook group for the Life Amplified Power Tribe. Facebook.com slash groups slash Life Amplified. You can also go to my website and sign up for free training materials sent to your inbox every day. That is creativesoulcoaching.net. And if you're really serious about finding a mentor to push you closer to your goals and help you get out of these old patterns of putting everybody else first, you can also fill out a coaching application for one of the last couple spots I have left here through January and February for mentorship. Fill out that application and then somebody from my team will reach out and we'll connect and schedule a complimentary 30-minute discovery call to talk about how to close that gap between where you are and where you want to be. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. Don't forget, if this podcast serves you, share it with a friend on social media. Don't forget, leave a rating and a review on Apple or just click follow on the iHeartRadio app. We'll be back next week with a very special guest interview lined up, somebody who you're going to be seeing on your television quite a lot over the next few months, and we'll explain who that is and tell you why coming soon. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.